Welcome. Bonjour. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. You're listening to the Dirty Feet podcast on the No More Radio Network. Nous sommes vos animateurs et animatrices. We are your hosts, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Listen in. Écoutez. We're going to move you. Hi, this is Allison. Stick around at the end of the episode for a little sound bite from the rehearsal of the show. I am here in a beautiful loft space in Mile End with Dorian Neskin Oder, who is a dance artist based here in Montreal currently. We've had her on the show Dirty Feet quite a few times now. We're big fans of her work. And uh, this this beautiful space has been put together. It's a loft that they've built up with chairs and lights and getting all set for this show, which is called Je ne veux pas marcher seul, which is a production of Joe, Jack et John, which is the theater company producing the show. It's directed by Catherine Bourgeois. And it's a multidisciplinary show involving... Um, written words that are developed by the cast members themselves, which we would call devised theater practice. Um, we also have, of course, choreography, which is why we're talking to Dorian today, and uh, projection and rap in the work. So a very uh, curious melange of art forms for this presentation. The show is actually going to be running for 15 performances starting on the 19th of November, and we'll get into details a little bit later. Thanks for joining us again, Dorian. It's a pleasure to be here, Alison. So I would like to know uh, a bit more about Joe Jack and John, and if this is your first time collaborating with the company. This is actually my second collaboration with Joe Jack and John. I was in a piece called Just Fake It that premiered in 2011. Um, the company, as you mentioned, is directed by Catherine Bourgeois, and the mandate of the company is really driven by a desire to make theater that includes types of people and types of points of view that are less represented in um, both conventional and in experimental theater here in Montreal. So each production um, includes at least one member of the cast who has a developmental disability. And then Catherine also has a fondness for casting, say, someone like me, who's a trained performer but not a trained actor, um, immigrants, I'm also an immigrant, and a mix of Anglophones and Francophones. Although the work is more French language theater, there's often English or even a bit of other languages in her shows. Now, as, as I mentioned before, this work, uh, the text in the work was developed by your, the performers. So my, my next question, I think, relates to that in the sense that um, is it, is the thematic of the work not just inclusivity in the casting, but also in, in what uh, plot ends up coming out of it or what uh, themes? Um, absolutely. I think the main thing that's driving Catherine to, to do these sort of diverse castings is that she's interested in ending up with a show that embodies viewpoints that are not necessarily her own or thoughts that she couldn't have had from her own experiences. So... For sure, the, the, the people who come to make the work infuse it with their own points of view and their own experiences. Um, it was actually interesting with this process. I think this was the first time 
um, Catherine had worked this way, but we were bouncing back with a back and forth with a writer. So there was actually a poet named Kevin Williamson who was involved in the writing process as well. Um, it would begin with improvisations, text would be sort of developed very roughly, and then it would bounce over to Kevin who would sort of write these very poetic texts, and then there was a process of reintegrating those texts into the finished work and playing with them and sort of putting them back in our mouths. Was Kevin in the space with you during the creation process, or was it kind of like a, a one-point-removed kind of perspective on the, on the text that was coming out of rehearsals? He definitely was visiting rehearsal regularly. The rap, is that uh, part of the dialogue that was produced this way as well? Yes. One of our cast members, Edan Descolines, is um, Haitian, and he is by nature somebody who sings, writes poetry, raps, um, and improvises text very, very fluidly in sort of a slam or a freestyle kind of a way. So for sure, that impetus to include that method of um, self-expression was coming really from Edel. And then how do we get this movement mixed in there? Are you doing some direction? Do, do the other cast members have uh, dance or movement backgrounds? Um, for this piece, actually, it was it was really exciting because um, there are other cast members who have movement backgrounds. We have Francis Ducharme, who is an actor, but who really also has um, a career as a dancer and a mover. Um, and then Edon also has a really strong physical presence and is a is a mover in his own way. So, in developing movement for the piece, again, it's mostly through improvisation and coming from sort of image suggestions from Catherine and then the cast working with them each in their own way, coming from their own background. And then are you pivotal in, in the decision-making along with Catherine about what comes out of it physically? I don't know if pivotal is the right word. I mean, it's a deeply collaborative process. There's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of proposing. Um, but I do also think that Catherine is a director and has a, has a strong point of view about what a finished product she's kind of looking for, but I think it is very much a conversation. Um, and I, I don't know if I would um, put roles on things, like mm -hmm. saying, like, oh, I was the choreographer or the movement coach for this work. I wouldn't say that. I would okay. say more that it's a very fluid collaboration within the team. Um, with, with a work that does involve some cast members that have less of a uh, dance base. Uh, I've heard tricks before used about about making more task-based sections or m like goal-oriented rather than choreographic kind of movements to go through. Is this in some way the approach for certain cast members or the whole cast? I'd say it's the approach for the whole cast because the thing that I find most interesting about working in this sort of a a theater environment, even though this is very experimental theater, is that still movement is driven much more by a, a task-based approach or a psychological approach. Mm -hmm. um, formal movement doesn't really have as much of a place in this kind of work, although we do have a, a dance number, but it is very much a dance number. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers in quotations. Number in quotations is in, uh, you know, little... Uh, little kickball change kind of action. <laughs> but in terms of the rest of the movement, I mean, it really is about finding 
figuring out what as a performer our actions are and what the sort of psychological or physical ramifications of those actions are, and much less about set movement. Mm -hmm. It's mostly very structured improvisation. Can you give us an example of what some of those structures are in what the, the task or the theme of a specific improv section would be in a work like this? Sure. Um, so, for example, there's a duet section for myself and Francis where um, I'm actually wearing a mask that, that covers my vision, so I'm blind. I can't see what's going on. And then the game really becomes, for Francis and I, a game of um, him leading, me resisting in fear of not being able to see where I'm going, which then plays between something that's a more um, violent or aggressive manipulation and a more caretaking, um, softer kind of a manipulation. So playing between those two becomes uh, a score that we use to move through one scene. And then in a very different kind of a movement structure, there's a role for an actor named Etienne Thibodeau, where he's... He's a, a masked character. He doesn't speak for the whole show, and his character is fully defined simply by this sort of very slow, heavy movement quality that he has to sustain for the entire hour of the show. <laughs> and that becomes how his role, his psychology is, is expressed. So it's a very structured movement approach. So you're coming up on the, on the premiere. So at this point in the process, has a um, has a general uh, plot or th or mood emerged from the work? Absolutely. I wouldn't say that there's a plot. I think that there's a a line of tension that pulls through the scenes. Um, it's certainly not a story. I do think that a lot of the work that we've done in the past few weeks has been about figuring out how to maintain through both space and time those tensions and relationships between all of the people on stage and then how to shift sometimes quite drastically in mood because although I, I do think there's a general sort of tone of the work there are pretty drastic, drastic shifts between kind of humor and uncomfortable situations and sort of very lyrical moments and then very uh, disjointed qualities. How has it been to encounter somebody with developmental disabilities and work with them in an artistic platform? It's fascinating. This is the second time um, I've done a project with Joe Jackie John and with different, different actors each time. Um, I think that it's really interesting to work with people who have different needs than your needs How, in terms of rehearsal, in terms of how they approach material, um, having to slow down sometimes and be patient, um, and then being truly surprised by another performer. I think a lot of times we get used to performing for, with people who come from a very similar background, they have very similar instincts, you kind of know the choices they're going to make before they make them because they're familiar to you. Mm. So there's something about um, creating and playing opposite someone who can really surprise you <laughs> that's, that's exciting and interesting um, and demands a really 
a different quality of listening from some other work that I've been involved in. It sounds like most of that can be said for for all the diversity in the cast in terms of coming working with somebody from a different discipline, working with somebody from a different country, from a different language. It's very interesting. For sure. And I think that that's somehow important to the mandate of the company is that every actor that's hired is an actor who's been hired professionally to work on a show. And so even though there's an equal amount of respect for each point of view, and it's not this thing where there's one person with a developmental disability who, who, who's just kind of being uh, surrounded by a show, but that there's, there's a point of view and a quality there that's unique and equally important to all of the other different things that everybody else brings to the process. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking around now. There's at least 100 seats in this theater, and you're running it 15 times. Uh, and it's being produced by Théâtre aux Écuries. I think it's it's refreshing. It's really nice to work in theater where there is this expectation of a longer run, even with a piece that might seem experimental and maybe harder to sell 1,500 seats. But I think that um, there's something that can happen in the quality of the work where it's allowed to run mm-hmm. for a few weeks um, that's super important artistically and also gives people the time to find the show. So even if they don't find it in the first week or the second week, there's time for word of mouth to happen Mm -hmm. and there's time for people to find it before it goes away. Also with a run this long, um, is there an expectation that the work will change more than just in in getting comfortable with it, but adjusting the actual structure of it as you go? Absolutely, yeah. With, um, With Just Fake It, I mean... We had an initial three-week run and then and then toured it off and on over another two years. And I'd say by a halfway through that process, I mean, we had a much better show than we had. I mean, it was a good show to start with, but it, it really took another step in just tightening, tightening things up and clarifying things mm-hmm. as you go. And we haven't, we haven't spoken at all about the projection that's involved in the show. Is that something that has been integrated at the same level as as the text and the movement and the rap, or is it is it coming in later? Well, obviously, because it's it's a more of a, a technical aspect, it's not always possible to rehearse with the projections. We did have a residency last June where we worked with the projections, and then now we've been here for I think two weeks, and we had the projection for a week. It's actually pretty incredible because all almost all the lighting for the piece is through projection. We have two high-powered projectors that are lighting the stage. And all of the video is live. So there's a light table in the downstage right corner of the stage. And there is actually um, somebody there manipulating, like putting sand on the table to create dark spots or placing gels over the table to change colors. So everything that you're seeing is is live manipulation that's being shot by a camera and then is being used to light the entire space. So it's a pretty impressive projection proposition mm-hmm. that lends a really specific quality to the light environment of the piece that feels very manual. Is there anything else that you would like to let us know about Je ne veux pas marcher seul? I mean, I think it's important 
probably to just mention that this is a show that's really dealing with questions of fear and fear in relationship to otherness, which I think, given current political and world events, is a very pertinent subject. I think we wish it wasn't quite as pertinent as it feels today, but um, it's been a challenging and interesting process to really dive into that very difficult subject. And I'm looking forward to seeing um, to the conversations that can happen in front of an audience. Have you organized any uh, talkbacks or, or receptions for that to foster that kind of dialogue? I believe there are a few Q&As scattered through the run. I know that there's a, like a moderated one with the entire cast on December 4th, which is the last Friday night of the run. And so the show, Je ne veux pas marcher seul, which is produced by Joe, Jack, et John, and uh, produced by Théâtre Aux Écureuils, opens officially on the 19th of November and runs till December 5th. There are a couple preview shows prior to the 19th, and I imagine you can find all the information on the Théâtre Aux Écureuils website, auxécureuils.com. And... Uh, we should also mention uh, you're doing another show coming up in uh, February for Tangente, which is called Memory Palace. Um, did you want to just give us a quick plug on that show? I'm really excited about Memory Palace. I'm working with three really lovely performers, um, Nathan Yaffe, Melina Stinson, and Lawrence Meschuk. They're great. They're super generous. Um, it's going to be at the Darling Foundry, which is a beautiful and massive space. So I'm really looking forward to collaborating with Paul Chambers on a really lovely light and sculptural installation that will accompany the piece. And that's the 22nd through the 29th of February. That's fantastic. What a great team. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dorian, for joining us. I've been speaking with Dorian Neskin Oder today. Now we have a special treat. I got to sit in on a bit of the rehearsal for this show, and they actually asked me for four fears and then proceeded to use them in the excerpt that I got to witness. And you can hear it now. On a fait 
The Dirty Feet Podcast is produced and hosted by Produit et animé par Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert We have Mainline Theatre, Montreal Improv Theatre and Paula Flalo to thank Merci pour le soutien Vous pouvez visiter notre site web, écouter les derniers épisodes, lire notre blog, nous aimer sur Facebook et nous suivre sur Twitter You can visit our website, listen to past episodes, read our blog, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter Show us some love and help us spread the word. Montrez-nous un peu d'amour et aidez-nous à passer le mot.